Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Daily Dose. It's Tuesday, October 18th, right? 19th. 19th? Yep. Oh my gosh. It's the 19th of October. Wow. All right. <clears throat> Hope you had a great weekend. Um, in case you notice us drifting this way, <laughs> let me just be clear. We've moved the computer monitor to my left, your right, which means that's how we would see ourselves. And, you know, after a year and a half on Zoom, everybody's gotten super comfortable watching themselves communicating. So uh, just that's what's happening. There's not a scary intruder over on the other side of the screen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed our conversation with First Lady Catherine Burgum last week. I thought she was oh, incredible. It was, it, was, it was fantastic. She was so generous with her time yeah. and her story. And wow, wow. Just if you didn't get a chance to watch it, be sure and go back. And uh, let me just say that we are uh, reminding you that you can still get free tickets, either virtual or in-person to the next Monday, October 25th, Recovery Reinvented Conference, where I'm going to be talking just a little bit, a brief three-minute interlude kind of about our story from mm -hmm. my perspective as the spouse, mostly because Dr. Mary has to teach and can't join us. But uh, our good friend, Julie Blem, who is a previous guest, and I are going to go for the day. And it's interesting, a number of past guests will be there. Jonathan Holf is speaking. Mm -hmm. Dr. Grant Severson is speaking. Uh, Shannon Rose Jones is doing one of these three-minute segments. So it will sort of be like a daily dose reunion. So I'm really sorry that you're missing yeah, it because right. you've not met many of those people in person, no, which is interesting. So today we are talking about what might cause addiction. What might be the cause of why, for instance, I can drink have a glass or maybe two of wine and then go for weeks and have nothing. And Maz couldn't. We don't know if Maz could again, but certainly by the end of Maz's addiction period, active addiction, there was no stopping. Yeah. So what's a possible cause for that? Uh, I'm reading the book, What Happened to You <laughs> by Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Um, I'm really, really curious to know if you have read this book because, um, wow, it is not an easy book, not an easy book at all. In fact, I am only, you can see about a fourth of the way through because uh, it calls into question sort of everything you've done as a parent, as a spouse, as a child, as a colleague and a friend and a human being. And it asks, I, I'll just speak for myself. It has brought out all of the areas that I failed as a parent. It has been really hard to read. So I don't think you failed as a parent. 
I had moments of failure as a parent. Let's let's go with that. Yes, I did not fail as a parent. Quinn is is quite a successful product. And he looks forward to talking to you, especially well, and to us. Okay, that's that's kind. But um the reality is we all fail in our relationships because they're happening in the moment and we can only respond as we respond in the moment. So the book is hard to put it mildly, but there's a section of the book where Oprah Winfrey says that one of the most powerful conversations she ever had was with the actor and comedian Russell Brand talking about his journey with addiction. So I'll just hand it over to you, Dr. Mary. And remember, if you have questions or comments, you can type them into Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn, and they'll show up here. And so we'll be able to address them. Go ahead. So during this conversation with Oprah, um, um, she asked Bruce Perry about, you know, people he'd, he'd worked with. And one of them was, as Dana said, Russell Brand. And in that interview, they were talking about Russell Brand's, they refer to it as his problem referring to his drug and alcohol addiction and he said something quite profound actually he said you know reality was actually his problem and drugs and alcohol were his solution mm -hmm. now um bruce parry went on to talk about a guy called zary zukav i think that's how you pronounce his name he was a spiritual teacher and he said that when you find an addiction don't be ashamed of your addiction he said be grateful if you heal an addiction, you're doing some of the greatest spiritual work on the earth. I I want to go back for a section mm -hmm. because a sec second. I want to go back for a second because you said you started something that I think is actually really worth digging into. Russell Brand said reality was his problem. So he grew up very poor with a single mom in a lot of stress and anxiety. And when you have a lot of stress and anxiety in your life, and I don't think anybody in the book is saying, here's the definitive answer to what causes addiction. This is just one theory, one, one path. But when you grow up with a lot of stress, a lot of um, instability, a lot of anger, a lot of the negative emotions that everybody has from time to time, and some people have regularly, then your reality is chaotic. And it is not a place to go to to find solace. And so Russell Brand says, I miss drugs and alcohol because that's where I found peace. So I, um, did I jump right ahead? I'm sorry. Sorry. I can't ever tell with you because you just skip along. So I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You say some things now. <laughs> So Bruce Perry went on to talk about the fact that all of this Russell um, brands was typical of the fact that most people take drugs and alcohol to deal with what he calls dysregulate. Well, he refers to it as a dysregulation. It's not his term. And what a dysregulation is, and this is something I learned about in rehab, is until I started listening in rehab, I had never heard of that word, nor I, did I know what it meant. No, I hadn't heard of it till I read the book. It is a poor ability to manage an emotional response. Most people just deal with emotional responses. Well, I'm not going to say normally because that's not that's a terrible word to use in a, in a phrase like this. But if you can't deal with an emotional response because it affects you, you start suffering from depression, anxiety. Um, 
you feel alienated you get angry all the time you you self-harm you have dysfunctional relationships um interpersonal relationships and ultimately you turn to substance abuse you can so if you grow up with unpredictability, chaos ongoing threats which leads to an altered stress response which becomes a dysregulation even in the absence of any dramatic trauma you do start thinking in the mindset of a dysregulation and to make yourself feel better you self-medicate which invariably leads to taking drugs and alcohol and that's what happened to russell brand you know he never grew up in a violent home he just felt because his mother was anxious about basically living on the poverty line that anxiety seeped into him so just as a side note since some of you know but not everyone knows I was a young single mom. We lived in income-based housing for nine and a half years. There was a tremendous amount of anxiety and stress that I felt around being the sole caretaker. And we had a lot of assistance. I had a great family. Glenn's dad was sort of in the picture. You came into the picture. So I was not as at risk as a lot of single moms are, but there was still tremendous stress and anxiety. So you can imagine as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I pass off to this little human who was living with me in this stressful environment? But it's not as worse because Quinn always, you always managed to find things that Quinn needed. He never went hungry or cold. No, we were safe and was ate safe. well and had winter clothes. Yes, we were not. We, we did travel. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we don't need to we don't need to explain all this. I just I, the reality is that we were poor and that's stressful. Anyone who grew up around some level of poverty knows how stressful that is. So Bruce went on to talk about that dysregulation. He said, now, what a lot of people think about that is other forms of dysregulation is what people have heard of. If If you're if you have a parent who you know, is suffering from stress themselves. They can't get a job. They're, they're not qualified enough for something. They're suffering from racism, racism sexism, sexism, genderism. All of this stuff. And they start to drink. That dysregulation bleeds into the child who thinks, well, I'm, I'm a bit stressed. Oh, I'll tell you what I can do. I can have a drink. And that's another pathway down to to addiction and then of course if there is any violence or trauma in a, in a family history that also leads to it but actually just being around stress can lead to um, a dysregulation i think that's what a lot of social scientists and psychologists and psychiatrists are worried about with covid19 because mm. it, it is disrupting a lot of lives and, and bruce adding a lot of stress yeah i mean i actually see it myself in some of the students we've got at, at work now they seem to have the inability to, to do anything because they're, they're, they're afraid of making what they think is a mistake. Yeah, I don't think that's just COVID, but I would agree. <laughs> so Bruce went on to talk about I saw another thing I never heard of before. I that you're calling him Bruce, Bruce. like Bruce is our good friend. Yes. Well, it could be. We can, if, he, if he sees this, he might want to come on the show. You have an open invitation, Bruce. Yeah. So if you know Bruce, hit like and subscribe and let him know. <laughs> There you go. All right, keep going. What was I oh, yes, the reward bucket. I love this bucket. Oh, or as my mother you. would call it, a bucket. A bucket, yes. Dana, we have a, we have a very 
low-tech visual aid coming on here. Keep talking. I'll 64. Find it. 63 you. and 64. Oh, 62 and 63. There we go. Okay, talk, Dr. Mary. So, everyone has one of these. We don't realize we have them, but we fill them with various sources of rewards. If you do something, what you consider to be noble or how to pass your time, like you give to charity or you... you volunteer in a soup kitchen or you know you go and you, you buy back to school rucksacks for children need backpacks backpacks um that gives you a feeling of well-being however it's not permanent so you always have to go back to fill your reward bucket and drinking and drug abuse is the same thing because you're feeling alienated and painful and you, you and you can't um relate to someone you self-medicate by taking drugs and addiction and you feel better for a minute, but it doesn't last long. So you've got to keep going back. And the more you go back, the more you have to take to start feeling better. And that's where certain, uh, that's where your addiction and your fall into drug, drug abuse and alcoholism can actually come from. Can I give a regular example yeah. that's from the book that I do not see anywhere on your notes. So I don't believe it's going to be discussed. Potato chips. So potato chips, I could give two hoots if I never eat a potato chip again for the rest of my life. But I am in the vast minority. Many people love potato chips. So think about think about walking into someone's home. You're going to a you're going to a party at their house, and you see a big bowl of potato chips. You eat one potato chip. How long does that one potato chip satisfy you for? Approximately seven seconds. I mean, I'm just making that up, but it's brief. It's a brief uh, sort of, uh, and then what do you do? You reach for another potato chip and another and another, and pretty soon you've eaten 14 servings of potato chips or chocolate or fill in the blank. So what's interesting about this is that I think is very relatable to people who who might have a hard time understanding, well, how in the world do you drink past that point where you no longer feel good? Yeah, for the same reason. Have you ever eaten so many potato chips? Or in my case, the Special K bar, have you eaten so many Special K bars that you stand up and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be sick? Yeah. How in the world does that happen? Because it's a pleasure center thing and it's it's a constant need to refill that. So my next uh, bullet point I wanted to bring up starts with the phrase well-regulated people, which I was going to point at you about, but clearly I can't. <laughs> yeah. Your story about your, your, your special cables. No, that's true. Well-regulated people can pull back from using anything that makes them feel pleasurable. Like some people can drink and then stop and they don't, they're not addicted to it because their drive to use that again is not as powerful. They can actually find the joy in it. And that's why some people use alcohol um, and they can regulate it for a pleasure feeling and it never becomes an addiction. So it's that he thinks Bruce Perry thinks it's that extra step that turns someone into an addict. It's the dysregulation of filling up your reward bucket that does lead to addiction. Which is, you know, it's a way of explaining it that I've never heard before. And it's actually quite interesting. And it does all come back to dysregulation. Always, you find you, we always, all of us have a pull to regulate our lives. And if we can't do it correctly, that's where an addiction can come from. Yeah. 
So I think it's just, it's but, just. Sorry, one last thing. Okay. He says in his book, and this is one of the things that is great about how I've been dealing with my addiction. He said the best way to do it is to to talk to people about it, to have people to talk to. If you can talk to people about it and they can give you advice, you don't feel so alienated. And so you don't feel so alone. And that is one of the greatest things about going to, a, um, for me anyway, going to an AA meeting. Well, and that's the ultimate cure, according to this yeah. section of the book, is being in relationship to people. That is the um, reward bucket filler that matters most. So if you are isolated and feeling, feeling insecure and alone, you will turn to other things. But if you have healthy relationships, you can often overcome these other problems simply because you've got people and that is what fills your bucket. Yeah. So join us on Thursday. We have a new to us guest, Eric Allen, who's coming on. I'm going to go on record and say Eric has the most impressive beard of anyone we've spoken to. It's um, it rivals any Civil War beard picture you have ever seen. Now, Eric, if you're watching this before Thursday, I'm going to apologize to you in advance because I'm probably going to be staring at your chin. <laughs> <for> the... <laughs> it's it's an intense, impressive beard, but I think his story will be more important. So we'll see you on Thursday. Have a great day and uh, pick up what happened to you and plan to read it slowly because it's well worth reading, even though it's hard. We'll talk to you soon. See you Thursday. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L dot com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.